is episode 164 of Milwaukee's Tailgate Brewers podcast, part of the MKE Tailgate Podcast Network. I'm James, joined again this week, actually by the whole gang for like the first time in a month or so. Brad, Paul, Ryan, all here. How are you guys doing? I'm raucous. I'm very, very raucous. Also very, very raucous. Very, yes. very raucous. You know, I'm fairly uh, docile. Yeah. Is very that the opposite of Ryan, raucous? <laughs> I didn't look up the antonym, so I don't know if it's the opposite of raucous, but it seemed, you know. I think that, like that's good probably good. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Serene, yeah. maybe. I don't know. But yeah. I think docile is okay. Zen-like? Uh, the quietest one on the podcast is <laughs> for sure. going for. for totally. Sure. That'll last. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Whole, whole gang's back together. But uh, first, let's get the ads out of the way. We are sponsored by Carbon 4 Brewing. You know the flagship Fantasy Factory IPA, but their entire lineup's great, whether it's Block Party, Dragon Flute, Outer Space. You can try them all at their brewery on the east side of Madison. They just expanded their patio to safely accommodate more people there, so check them out on Kinsman Boulevard. You can also get some of their cool merch online at Carbon4.com. Use our promo code MKE Tailgate. You get 20% off your order when you check out online. That's Carbon 4 Beer Brilliance. You can also help support our podcast network at patreon.com slash MKE Tailgate. For just $5 a month, our ball and glove and above patrons get the minor league extra podcast with Ryan and Brad, as well as Paul's reporting as eligible mini pods. You get a preview of the Packers game every single week during football season. Speaking of, Paul, I hear you've got another giveaway to do oh, for our yeah. patrons here. So for some reason, this company, um, Foco, sends me these bobbleheads every once in a while for promotional purposes, even though I have no sway or ability to drive product or you know anything <laughs> like that. And I don't really collect bobbleheads because I have too much stuff in my house already, and I don't really decorate or you know look sit around looking at statues or art or anything. So um, I'm I'm gonna give them away. These are actually pretty cool ones. I have three. I'll break them up for the purpose of this giveaway, they actually snap together. They are the three um, Wisconsin MVPs. So I have one of Christian Yelich, one of Aaron Rodgers, and one of Giannis Antetokounmpo. If you, we'll do the same thing as last time. So if you are a patron signed up as of tw- uh, December 15th um, at the $5 level or higher, where you get all of our fun things like the minor league pod and the mini pod, um, I'll do a random drawing and I'll give these three away. Randomly selected people. So in the future, first of all, I don't plan on doing giveaways that often. People don't send me free stuff that often. But just in case, I'm not going to make this rule this time because I know contest law and stuff like that. But in in the future, if you win something, I'm going to take you out if it's like within six months of the next time. But since I didn't make that rule until um, I already did the last contest, we'll we'll leave everybody in. So if you want a shirt, you're still in. Um, You're you're good to go. And I don't have anything else to give away after this. But but, uh, just a caveat for future giveaways, if you win something, you'll you'll have a break next time. But uh, so sign up at the Patreon, Ball and Glover Hire. And on December 15th, I will raffle these puppies off and, and send them out. Cool. Yeah, we, we were just talking. I have terrible luck when it comes to the bobbleheads that I get. Everyone that I get ends up being cursed. I think the last one I got was uh, the Jesus Aguilar one a couple of years ago. <laughs> and uh, it's the one where he's holding the bat over his shoulders. And uh, actually, the, the bat broke off on mine, which proved to be like a very terrible omen for Jesus Aguilar season. I took so, my kids to that game and I have three of those bobbleheads. And nice. uh, yeah, that did not work out well. <laughs> no, no. It's it it goes back to like the uh, John Axford uh, bobblehead with the real hair, right? He blew the save. Hey, that was the Turnbow bobblehead. Turnbow, yeah, Turnbow with real uh, hair. Turnbow, yeah, okay, yeah, it was Turnbow with the hair, and he blew the save, and they threw the headless bobbleheads on the field. It was very actually, disturbing. Actually, so weird thing about that, 
Uh, I wrote how it was actually me who ruined Derek Turnbow once when I was writing for Disciples of Euchre for a very short period. And I got a message, a DM from this person. They're like, wait, how did you ruin Derek Turnbow? I look at their account, zero followers, zero following, like no tweets. And I was like, uh, I, I just wrote this for fun. And they're like, okay, this is Derek Turnbow. I don't want, or I want you to know that you didn't ruin my career. And then the account, <laughs> oh and then the account gets deleted the next day. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I think it was just like a very that is insane. weird troll. <laughs> like I don't actually think it was Derek Turnbow. But then part of me is like, what if Derek Turnbow made an account because like he has like a Google alert on his name? Just he's like, I'm gonna tell this kid he didn't do it. I think there's a I think there's a pretty good chance that was Derek Turnbow. I think there's like, an excellent I, chance it was. Yeah. yeah. You got a Turnbow uh, burner account. For yeah, it was. Yeah, that's... yeah, it was like a day long. Like it was just like. You, you didn't ruin my career. And then the account was gone. <laughs> now, if there's one thing we've learned from, from horror movies involving voodoo, which, again, is a real religion and it, not like it's depicted in movies, it's not to make dolls with real hair. It, it's just not a good idea. <laughs> no. You should not do that. No. It never works out well. And sorry for sorry to Derek Turnbull that that did ruin his career. Just, yeah. We should see, be careful if they come out with the uh, hater real hair yep. bobbleheads this year, right? Not yeah. good. No. All right. Well, I guess speaking of bobbleheads, uh, Devin Williams might get one after he won Rookie of the Year. They tend to do that, right? It's kind of cool to see uh, the Brewers, uh, a Brewer, I should say, honored with the Rookie of the Year award. We kind of talked about it last week. He kind of seemed like the the obvious choice, at least among us, given the other finalists. But uh, still kind of cool to see a, a reliever win Rookie of the Year. It was the first one time since uh, Craig Kimbrell, I think we said last week, which is like almost 10 years ago. So uh, Devin Williams... NL Rookie of the Year. Corbin Burns actually finished in sixth place in the NL Cy Young voting, which I think is kind of really pretty uh, good. Maybe, yeah, higher than I would have expected. In the in the five guys ahead of him were were uh, you know legitimate aces. So kind of kind of cool to see there. Uh, Devin Williams also got a tenth place vote for MVP. I guess we should uh, acknowledge that our favorite pitcher Trevor Bauer actually won the NL Cy Young. Good for him, I guess. <laughs> Oh, I think there's a plague in the short season for Trevor Bauer to win the Cy Young Award. Yeah, and, and he's got his own merch now. So, uh, oh God, that's a very Trevor Bauer thing. Oh, it like is. immediately oh. he he put out his own T-shirts. So good for you, Trevor. Uh, Freddie Freeman won NL MVP on the AL side. Shane Bieber and Jose Abreu, your winners there. I guess Paul, first off, any thoughts or surprises on the awards? I know you said you know Corbin finishing sixth in the NL Cy Young, kind of surprising. So the reason that was surprising is I don't think he was technically, uh, and this doesn't matter for the award, but I don't think he was eligible to lead the league in stats. I don't think he had enough uh, starts. He did not or, qualify. Uh, innings. Nope. Yeah. So um, it, I like that everybody who was judging this short season didn't really hold that against him because I think that's that's the correct level. That he should have won. Like, I don't think he should have won the award. He didn't pitch quite as much as he should have for that. And, you know, he was super awesome. But I liked that they didn't hold against him, that he didn't qualify technically, really. That's good. I also, I think, I think it's a testament to how much offense was down that first baseman won the MVPs. It, it, it hasn't happened, I don't think, in quite a while. Or maybe it has. But I feel like, you know, we, we talk about first baseman as the, the people that are easily replaceable, just the big galoots who can hit. And uh, big galoots who can hit, super valuable this year. So also, I think, justifiably, um, those I think are good awards too. I, I like that Abreu and Freeman both won it. I think they're both deserving in, in this weird season too. Williams obviously was just, um, you know, out of his mind. Great. I, I was starting to have those creeping feelings come in of that. This was a small sample size short season. And, you know, 
good news and bad news can't take too much, but he was so dominant in every stat. You know, it's not like his peripherals were, you know, wildly different than his performance was. His performance was off the charts good, but just the weak contact and the missing bats and the everything um, stands out so well. So I think, I think they did a good job with the awards, generally speaking, this year. And I, we all hate Bauer, but I, I mean, honestly, you shouldn't hold it against him that he's a bad person when you vote for the Cy Young. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, it's about baseball. And there's a, there may be a character class for the Hall of Fame, but there's not for this. And just because we know Trevor Bauer's a jerk doesn't mean that a lot of these other guys aren't as well. So he, he, he probably was the best pitcher in the NL and whatever. That's fine. He can he can go take his bonus and buy some more drones. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on your point about Devin Williams having really good peripherals, because I saw Keith Law in a, his chat this week mentioned like, oh, yeah, he just like they were all like wowed by his ERA and, and missed that the peripherals were higher. OK, yeah, he did have a point three three ERA, 0.33 ERA, <laughs> and his FIP was 0.86 so yes right. it was higher quite a bit yes. higher but also but insanely cares? excellent <laughs> yeah. and if you look yeah. at like the peripheral numbers on him he had a 61 percent ground ball rate 61 mm-hmm. percent that was to go with the fact that he was striking out literally everybody so his strikeout rate was the highest anybody has ever had right yes correct his strikeouts were, he was striking out uh, 53% of batters, more than 50% <laughs> yeah. of batters he faced, he was striking out. And then when they did put the ball in play, it was usually on the ground. Yeah, I think he led the league in weak contact induced in any metric you want to put that to. So you never see those in those that combination together. You never see the person who misses the most bats also induce the weakest contact. Usually those are super high fastball guys. And when the, people make contact, it's hard because it's straighter and whatnot. It's a combination that doesn't exist in real life, and he did it. So um, that law can say that that's, it's one of those things. It's technically true, but you missed the point. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, have you guys seen his baseball savant page? A, like all the percentile all rankings red. are red. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. then, uh, <laughs> by the way, he's in the 100th percentile for expected ERA, expected batting average, expected WOBA, expected slugging, K percentage, and whiff percentage. That means those projected yeah. stats, no one in the league was projected to be better than him. He was the benchmark. Right. It's because he throws absolutely filthy stuff. He he throws yep. a fastball that's in the high 90s and then has the most outstanding changeup that maybe we've ever seen. <laughs> like it, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the combination of that is absolutely deadly. Yeah. And if you want to put this to law, like, yeah, over the course of 162 games, his ERA is probably not that but I bet it's under one. Uh, I'll, I will. I would wager on that all day. I mean, if he was continuing to throw that combination of stuff, yeah, yeah, that it would have been. I mean, there's no question. Now, can you sustain that over the course of a full season? I don't know. I, he remember he did get hurt at the end of the year, and so there's that question of how durable is he going to be? And they did push him pretty hard. Again, we're looking yeah. at he pitched 22 games for 27 total innings in a 60 game season. That's really, really pushing him hard for a guy who does have a Tommy John history. And yeah, so they're, they're going to want to be careful and figure out some ways to handle him. Maybe look at him more like a, the way that they treated Josh Hader. I know that that bothers 
people, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I know people don't yeah, like yeah. that, but like it does help keep guys healthy and keep them on the field. So, and when you have both of them, if if they continue to have both of them, well, now you have two aces that you can kind of turn to in any high leverage situation late in games. So, and right. and maybe more on the way. Hopefully, you know, Topa Rasmussen. There's you know lots of potential guys there that that could do this as well. So not not to this level, obviously. Yeah, and I think you know you can even kind of maybe alternate. Williams and Hader, <laughs> if they're both guys who need that extra day or two in between, given how much you pitch them, at least you you've got one of those two going almost every day if you need it, right? So uh, maybe that's the way that they go forward. Who knows? They did have he did throw seventy and two thirds in the minors and her majors combined last year. So he was developed as a starter. He's used to like a deeper workload. It's just he needs the definitely need to have that strategy of days off going with him yep yeah if he pitches multiple innings he's not coming back for the next day like that needs to be like a hard and fast rule and probably you try to avoid having him if if he pitches like two full innings is out there for you know 35 40 pitches or something you probably don't want to use him for the next two days if you can avoid it so you know sign bread hand (laughs) And then right. uh, you can have Devin Williams have the eight and ninth one day, Hader have the eight and ninth the next day, and Brad Hand had the eight and ninth the third day, and then just keep rotating like that. There you go. Solve the problem. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Obviously, the bullpen's probably going to be a strength for the Brewers again next year, just based on the young arms that they have and, and all that stuff. Uh, but a lot of uh, young arms maybe that they have to protect in the next week or so looking ahead, the deadline to protect players from the Rule 5 draft coming up on this upcoming Friday, the 20th. The Brewers currently have uh, seven players on their top 30 MLB pipeline prospects list that are Rule 5 eligible. You got Mario Feliciano, Zach Brown, Peyton Henry, Alec Bettinger, Dylan File, Lucas Erceg, and Pablo Abreu all up for uh, Rule 5 draft this winter. Limited number of 40-man spots available right now, though. So that leads us to our first Patreon question from Jay Google. He's asking, how many prospects get protected before that Rule 5 deadline? Uh, He says there are four 40-man spots open right now. I think we can all agree that Feliciano probably won. Jay is suggesting Peyton Henry, maybe another. Who else do you have? Uh, Let's go to Brad first. I think Feliciano is definitely a lock, right? He's at AAA level at the worst. He is likely a half season to a year away from making the majors and he's a very interesting prospect a lot of organizations would try to stow away for a year and with a 26-man roster you can definitely get away with stashing a defensive catcher for a season like that so he is definitely in but the brewers have shown in the last basically in the david stearns era as these things have gotten very close that they're a little willing to risk some of their talent on the 40-man level and add them to the roster actually and protect them Uh, they did that with zach brown last year and he flew through the rule five draft and get protected so i don't expect him to be on there peyton henry who last played at you know a plus i actually don't think he's going to be on that list because i don't think they can justify having five catchers and two who aren't expected to make a major league contribution on the 40-man roster so when you have to pick between Feliciano or Henry, Feliciano is the easy choice. Uh, Bettinger, 
and Bile are two interesting ones to me because they had both had fantastic 2019 seasons at Double A. Uh, they looked really good and I think it depends on what the Brewers really saw for them in terms of whether they can make a major league contribution in 2021 with what they did at the expanded training site are, are they two who they feel like can actually make a difference I think file is the better looking one of them right now when you look at his peripherals and success in the uh, minors uh, Bettinger has made leaps and bounds of growth in the last couple seasons both profile as back-end starters more than anything else. They they don't really have thrilling bullpen stuff. So they're almost so similar, I feel like you can you only pick one. Lucas Ersig, they didn't protect next year. And Pablo Abreu, uh, although a prospect I know the organization likes, is pretty far off from being a contributor at the major league level and has shown that he struggled the last couple shots he got at the Wisconsin or with the Timber Rattlers, and also when they put him in the fall league. So even if a team did take him, he's definitely not anyone who can stay on a 40-man for an entire season, or a 26-man, rather, for an entire season. He's someone who would eventually have to come off that bubble. Um, I think Ursig is someone who they're willing to kind of give up on at this point. I don't think they really deem him as someone who needs protection, but someone who might be able to contribute just in happenstance. So I really think it comes down to Feliciano, Bettinger, and File. And I really think it's either one of Bettinger and File, but based on their history, I kind of think it's just Feliciano. Their history shows they they like to play it fast and loose with this and expect that their prospects will come back to them or be okay losing them. Yeah, I hadn't considered the the point about Peyton Henry and them already having so many catchers on the 40-man, but that's absolutely right. Yeah, they they do manage that 40 man because they they are going to use it as an up and down sort of thing and so they can't really afford a bunch of extra spots to just hold on to to somebody like that so that's a good shout i i hadn't thought of that but yeah yeah it's probably feliciano and not henry but i do think with with bettner and and file there's a good chance that they do decide to put both of them on there and, and protect them if they get the the impression that other teams might want to poach them because they are close enough at this point like you said in 2019 having pitched at double a that's a guy who is basically big league ready so if you have a team that is out there looking for just like pitching depth and those would be the sorts of players they would grab because you could potentially stash them on your roster and if it doesn't work out if you, if you get them into camp and you decide you don't like the looks of it well what is it twenty five thousand dollars fifty thousand dollars it's not a lot of money yeah i guess that was going to be my question uh next question i guess you know we're kind of expecting a winter where a lot of teams are very budget conscious and maybe not willing to spend so i guess a uh, question to any of you, Do you could you see a scenario where maybe the Rule 5 is more active just to maybe even just fill out those middle relief roles where like Dylan File or Alec Bettinger could be picked? Uh, you know, like you could take a, a flyer on a young arm like that and they're a lot cheaper than signing a veteran middle reliever. I think it will be. I think you'll see that exact scenario happen. And I also think that's why um, the Brewers are more likely to protect anybody with that uh that that P at the end of their position uh, pitchers, I think will be at a premium specifically for that. And we've seen just h- how much you can, you can learn by cycling guys up through the major league roster, you know, giving them a couple turns. If they work out, they stick. If they don't, then there's another guy waiting behind them. There's just a lot of those guys there. So 
I will not be surprised if a lot of teams do choose to fill out their bullpen spots by doing this exact thing. I, I, I would be shocked if that's not the case. I think Rule 5 will be actually super active this year. I'm a little hesitant to go with that and actually commit to it because I think a lot of the talk about cutting money, saving money, et cetera, is more for the aesthetic and knowing that they can uh, artificially, if for a not the worst reason the owners have ever had, drive down the cost of free agents. I think there will be a decent chunk of players who are forced to sign minor league contracts that teams would rather manipulate than risk guys who are still raw. When I look at a Bettinger and file and Zach Brown on the same list, I see Zach Brown, who we all thought was the future next coming of Brandon Woodruff based on his 2018 performance. Then in one year, 2019 struggles mightily and doesn't actually end up getting protected on the 40 man and goes through rule five untouched. The Brewers also let Trey Shupak, you know, go on free agency. I think they value people at a level under what we really expect them to when it comes to uh, their contribution. And they would rather risk people with better or risk their roster spots on minor league contracts for people with actual track records of success or even bringing in guys from independent leagues than spend what they deem as being extremely valuable 40 man roster spots on guys who still have a lot to prove. A a lot of that is still to to be determined because they protected their information so much from the extended training site. We really don't know what Bettinger's or files development looked like and whether or not they truly believe that they've made the next step in development and are worth protecting. I think it's going to say a lot about them whether we see them on the 40 man or not. And that's something that I think fans should really read it into when they make that decision. Yeah. I think that you're probably right about this, that the suppression of salaries overall is going to make it easier to take major league veterans and cast off some whatever and cycle through those guys because the cost of, of doing that isn't going to be as high as it was in the past. So I think that that's probably true. So yeah, I, I don't know what it's going to mean for the Rule 5 this year. It's going to be it's going to be a strange situation because even if you did have data, because a lot of these guys, maybe even most of these guys that would potentially get picked were at alternate training sites. So if you've exchanged data and all that, you still didn't get to see them in games. You still didn't get that. And so you're really dealing with like information that's more than a year old at this point. I don't know how much teams are going to want to to gamble on that, even though it is a relatively small amount of money. I would imagine they have their pref lists and the they'll play it kind of maybe just like they normally would and and run off those those preference lists. And we're probably not going to see a huge change, I guess. Teams pride themselves on being able to win while spending the least amount of money. That's something we know is something yeah. that front offices value a lot. And I don't think these are the type of players that make a difference in your win ratio. And I think there's such a high gamble that it ends up not mattering too much. So sure that that's and kind I of think too. Yeah. I think too, when you get down to these last four or five spots on the 40 man roster, that that space and that flexibility is almost more valuable than the player itself. Right. So I guess maybe we don't see that much protection just because I guess teams aren't saying, 
as much. They'll be cheap this year. They're just talking about flexibility, right? Maybe having those last few roster spots available to pick up anybody else who might hit waivers or uh, might be available through other means. Maybe that's more of the route that they take this year. The other thing to consider is if you lose someone in a Rule 5 draft, as Ryan mentioned, it's twenty five, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 to get them back. Yep. If you put them on 40 man and you move them off of waivers, you don't get that player back. Mm. It's much less of a risk for an organization to let a player go through a rule five draft than it is to waive them. Yeah. That might explain it. You know, like you said, David Stern's theory, the past few winters has kind of been just roll the dice on those and just kind of believe that they'll be offered back at the end of spring training. Right. So, I mean, they haven't lost many players since San Diego took the reliever who I can't even remember. (laughs) And I've made a big stink about it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. Uh, I guess something else that we kind of see from time to time with these guys too, as we get into this last week is, you know, sometimes they get offered up in a trade. So I, I guess my other question would be any of the guys that we mentioned, would they have even minimal trade value just to maybe plug another spot that's weak organizationally? Well, remember anybody that would trade for them would then also have to put them on their 40 man roster at this point. So I think guys like this don't get traded before the, the draft before the the rule five draft very often because everybody is kind of doing this dance with their guys every team has guys like this sitting on their their roster wondering well do we protect them or do we not so i i wouldn't expect to see a trade now the only way it would happen is if an organization that had a lot of 40 man flexibility like the brewers did in 2017 really were looking to dump a veteran who, you know, they know isn't going to be part of their future while, you know, taking a gamble on some younger prospects who could potentially make their team better. That right now is like the Pittsburgh pirates, I guess, maybe the Baltimore Orioles. Right. Uh But they only have so many spots to even do that. And would they want your guy as opposed to any of the other 29 teams guys exactly but they would be the only ones who would have the 40-man flexibility and if they're putting out valuable players what i was getting to was i don't really think the brewers have the talent that is that attractive to really make a difference in terms of a player acquisition so is it possible yes is it likely no sure i guess on the keeping on the theme of uh player acquisition or trading away or what have you kind of takes us to our next Patreon question from Adam post. He's asking what players currently on the roster are least likely to still be with the team on opening day. I feel like we've kind of maybe touched on this subject a couple of times in a couple of different ways, but Paul, if you had to guess right now, uh, who's not with the Brewers opening day, 2021. Uh, there's so many candidates for this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of, of, uh, so uh, most likely is especially hard. Uh, all the uh, all the obvious ones are the ones I said were bad last year, and most of them had the options declined at this point and probably won't right. be back. Everybody else, I think, is kind of likely to come back. So I'm I'm not really sure. I feel like they they play this pretty out in the open, and I don't think there'll be any huge surprises. So I, I I'm honestly I'm I'm not sure uh, outside of everybody who they've already told us isn't going to be back in all likelihood. I, like I don't think Jerko will be back but he's not technically back right now. So right. Um, uh, <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the hard part about this. Like um, they picked up nobody. So 
I'm honestly guess, not sure. All those guys, all the guys who they've already told us are going to be back. Yeah, but I like, I like they'll have Arcia back. They'll they'll have all those guys back. Like you're kind of looking at non-tender candidates right now, right? So like yeah. Arcia, Narvaez, maybe, uh, maybe. I don't know. But I don't think I don't think they'll give up on him that quickly. And like I, I'm tempted to do that just from a surprise perspective, but I really don't think that's the case. I I think they've invested in him enough that they'll have him back and see if they can fix him. So I don't, I guess my answer is that there won't really be um, a surprise one um, that's currently on the roster. I kind of think what you see is what you get here. And I'm honestly not sure about, I mean, if you wanted to, no, that's not going to happen. Everybody I get to on the list, I'm like, nope, that's not, that's not realistic. That's not realistic. That's not realistic. So I'm I'm honestly not sure of of people on the roster right now. I think they'll all be back. (laughs) Well, if we're just looking at 40 man. Uh, There are some names that stand out. Phil Bickford, I don't think, is going to be on the 40-man once the season starts. I I can't imagine that they won't have better alternatives there than him. Sure. Freitas could definitely be a guy that comes off of the the 40-man at some point. Jace Peterson, Mark Mathias, I think, are probably potentially in that group. Ben Gamble, we've talked about a lot. I think that Ben Gamble... They they very likely non-tender him. Sure. Yeah, I guess I'd go with I, I said go with um, Gamble as the person who you've come to you know grow familiar with and um, maybe even like a little bit is probably the most likely there to not be back with the team. But yeah, the, the, I, other than you know fringe at the end of the forty man, I think that's probably it. Just pack your bags, Alex Claudio. Get the hell off my roster. So I'm, I'm, I'm not nobody saying... want here. You, I, I know they've kept him through thick and thin, and they back. have him under cost control, so he's probably going to be back. But in Brad's world, get the hell out. He's a sure Man. thing to come back because you, I, I, I... you ruined my draft season. <laughs> get the hell off my roster. Go. I don't want you anymore. I think, actually, there's a decent chance that we see another veteran for veteran trade a la Trent Grisham and Zach Davies for Eric Lauer and um, Luis Urias. Um, I think they're looking to improve their team that way. So I don't think it's going to be quite as substantial and like high amounts of talent and high amounts of talent, but we saw them trying to push off Lorenzo Kane last year. There were rumors that they were trying to ditch that salary already last year. I don't think they can get rid of salary this year. No one's going to be like taking on no. salary. No, that's the problem but, there. Uh, like Kane's, I think an obvious candidate for that to happen, except nobody's going to do that. So, right. Uh, and he, he's going. Yeah. Who really wants to get rid of a guy who's out there crushing fastballs off little kids and making them go inside. Crying. Exactly. <laughs> have you guys, have you guys seen that video? That's amazing. Uh, it, yeah, no, it, are you it's... crying? <laughs> you crying? I, exactly. I totally uh, felt for that kid because I was the wiener kid who would have went in crying too. I no, was like, I was... yeah, I get it. Like the the adults like being kind of crappy for you know. It's funny. It's adult fun, but at the same oh, time, yeah, when you're a kid, you don't understand. Like, no, the adult's gonna help fix and make sure the ball comes back. They're not actually going to like hit the home run and not do anything about it. <laughs> Is that his son or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you know, dad's gonna keep playing baseball with you. He just, you know, wants to mess around, and the kid doesn't understand that. So he goes inside crying, and I'm like, yeah, that would have been me. 100. That would have been me. Like, I, I'd want to play with the adults. 
I'd be like, they ruined my game and all I wanted was this. <laughs> yeah, it it reminded me of like my grandpa mercilessly swatting shots away from me playing basketball in the backyard, right? Like, you want me to take it easy on you just because you're seven? No, life sucks. Deal with it. Like, <laughs> right. Find a way to be better. So, no, it, it it's just great. But yeah, I don't think Lorenzo Cain is is going anywhere either. Go ahead. I think is interesting and it's getting up there in cost. Corey Knable. Uh, Knable. They're going to non-tender him, aren't they? Yeah, that's the thing. Isn't he just going to be gone, gone? I guess that that's the answer then. That's the answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would like to, I, yeah, that's a good call. I would like to change my answer to Corey Knable. I, th- I agree with that. His cost is getting up. He hasn't been that productive because he's been unhealthy the last few years. Yeah. It's, it just seems like an obvious cut at this point, especially when you have other younger, cheaper resources on your bullpen. Yep. And it seems like one of those things where because he was good towards the end, like we saw that flash of old Knabel just at the very end of the season that uh, he'll, you know, resurface with somebody else and probably regain a significant amount of his form and be really good again. And people will be really mad that they let him go. But it is kind of just the, the general reliever shuffle that happens. And they will, I'm sure, go out and find somebody else that they really like. And they may already even be on the roster. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to trade Corey Knable to the Boston Red Sox for Michael Chavis. <laughs> and Michael Chavis is going to be your opening day third baseman. He's going to be great for a season or two. The Travis Shaw special? <laughs> yes. Of course. <laughs> uh, Corey Knable's immediately going to get injured and not be able to contribute. Yeah, I mean, there are teams out there that are desperate for bullpen help. The Red Sox is a good shout. The Phillies is a, a team that you could see something like that happening where the, the Brewers yeah. swoop in and and do that, though. They did just change GMs, didn't they? They got rid of their previous guy and have a new GM. Yeah, they're ki- they're kind of in flux right now. But yeah, and, uh, you know, trading for David Phelps. David Phelps Brewers also, did, yeah, did not kind of blew up in their well face. The <laughs> Once bitten, twice shy, probably there. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, like I said, it's a new it's a new front office, so they won't have that same like gut reaction <laughs> to that. Somebody's gonna leave a post it note on <laughs> the desk. <laughs> yeah, the one thing is, answer David's turns called. Yeah. <laughs> Even if his salary doesn't go up, can you imagine someone spending six point four million on Corey Knavel when no one would spend ten million on Brad Hand? Nope. No, no way. that's that's no a chance. very good point. Yeah. Yeah, you're totally right. You know, Brad brought up the question of uh trading strength for weakness you know like those major league player for major league player trades i guess what would be the brewers area of depth right now is it still the outfield or would it be the bullpen in a trade like that brad uh it's you know what what has occurred to me and i don't like it but i think it if it happens this might be the most realistic area is you keep rc and urias and you swap keston hero for another guy with team control in an area like a third base or first base in an area that's a little weaker you'd yeah. sell that low on Hira. i i don't i don't think they'd sell low i think they would just cough it up to an anomaly and expect another team to do the same for them if it were to happen i think it'd be like a good a big prospect trade for a big prospect trade type of you know like hey we got middle infield shored up I, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I put the likelihood very low, probably like 0.5% <laughs> low. <laughs> but if they do that type of trade, that's kind of where I expected to go because their outfielders are currently under contract and there isn't anyone who on their roster is going to make a big difference somewhere else. 
they don't have anyone at first and third base. I guess catcher maybe too. Maybe you trade a Manny Pena for someone, but is anyone itching to get those catchers off the Brewers roster? No, not really. So nope. when you're looking at if there's an opportunity for that, the answer is the rotation, <laughs> right? You're trading yeah. out of the rotation or bullpen. I mean, or, or bull. Oh, you're trading a pitcher was pitcher, what I should have yeah. said. If you're trading strength for strength, like you can take a Drew Rasmussen and get a third baseman, maybe who, you know, obviously you're not getting the difference maker you would in a Kesson Hira trade, but someone with a huge ceiling for and cost control for cost control. I could see somebody looking at Josh Lindblom's peripherals and saying that they want to take a shot on that, that the, the ERA probably isn't representative of what the, the peripherals say he should have been. And he's yeah. under cost control, very low cost for the next two seasons. Somebody looking to just get like a, a you know, back end starter. I could see somebody putting some value on that in the way that, you know, Zach Davies was valued this offseason. Yeah. And, and do you know what team would really value that? The Milwaukee Brewers. <laughs> <laughs> Can you trade a player to yourself? <laughs> I, I just, yeah. It's hard. I don't know if anyone's trading for anyone with guaranteed money on their deal right now. No. I mean, it's got to be really low money. Or it's got to be like similar quantity for similar quantity. Right. Right. Where it's almost like an NBA trade where salaries remain kind of equal. Yeah. 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 Exactly. All right. Uh, One last Patreon question today comes from James Vandenberg. He's asking, assuming some sort of limited fan attendance in at least early in uh, 2021, do you think there will be more open roof games than usual due to COVID safety and regulation concerns? Andy certainly hopes so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we saw that a little bit in the LCS and World Series games uh, at the new Ranger Stadium, although they did end up closing the roof a couple of times and that led to a, you know, a big stink. So I guess, Ryan, I guess, do you see there being at least limited fan attendance at Miller Park in 2021? And do we see the roof open more? which would be really tough to do, I guess, in April. But I think, yeah, I think both of those things are incredibly likely that we are going to see limited attendance. Uh, Hopefully Wisconsin can get its act together and get our surge. (laughs) It's not looking good right now. Under control. It's it's bad. Apparently we're fifth in the country, though. We're not first. So in in terms of like our our rates, yeah. Way to be the Corbin Burns of COVID infections. Yeah. Yikes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, if we can get that somewhat under control and if especially like a vaccine comes along, did you guys see this thing about Ticketmaster this week? The Ticketmaster is going to start and they have a plan for this, which is really kind of creepy uh, to <laughs> it, that you have yeah, to either have had cool. COVID or have uh, had the vaccine and then you can like buy tickets to events through them like you, you'll have like a passport and you have to show no your thanks yeah it's really show really... your health papers to get in so, you know, I... yeah yeah i did see that, that. There, there's it's <laughs> it's legal um hip is a weird thing by the way but the, yeah. here's the here's the thing even if everybody's even, even once the vaccine is available and vaccines all look actually very promising right now it looks like um early next year everybody in high risk category will be able to get one and I actually do think we'll have baseball fans from the vast majority of next season because um, wide availability, I think, will hit the country around April. So right in time. But here's the, here's the thing. Vaccines 
often will keep you healthy. They don't necessarily prevent the spread. There's two different things there, uh, preventing you from getting sick, being able to fight it off, versus actually um, getting the virus inside you and still being able to pass it on to other people. And my understanding is that's still unclear as to whether any of the current vaccines in, in trial will will do that. So even even once you're vaccinated, you still may have to be careful against around high-risk people who aren't vaccinated and can't just go off into public willy-nilly. Even if, you know, even if you're going to be fine, you still might be able to spread it to other people. So until most of society is vaccinated, that's 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 what you're looking at. And that's why Ticketmaster's thing is stupid because um, <laughs> even if you are vaccinated, you can still put other people potentially at risk, um, at least so far. Don't, don't do that. But um, I, I do think baseball is going to have pretty good timing here. And I think most of America will have the vaccine available by the time the season starts or shortly thereafter, and they'll be able to have fans. Um, there'll be there'll certainly be enough people. It, it, I don't like using herd immunity because it's turned into a stupid loaded term that conservatives use for evil purposes. But uh, there'll be enough people who are vaccinated that we should be pretty safe having events again. Also, the roof doesn't really matter. It, it, this is this is another thing. Like, would people think indoor versus outdoor? Um, the existence of a roof is not this magical differentiator between what is indoor and outdoor. The difference in outdoor activities is the air circulates more widely and you can be further away from people. That's mostly it. The problem with being indoor is partially that there's walls in a roof that keeps the air circulating in close quarters. But in a place like Miller Park with the roof closed, that's not the case. It's giant. Air circulates just fine. It can get outside just fine. The problem with indoor spaces is people have to be close together and sharing all of their breathing with each other. So it's it's one of those things where that doesn't really matter that much. It might be bad optics to have the roof closed and have people there, but in terms of disease spread, does not really matter that much. Well, and I'm pretty sure they have an air circulation system that actually pulls from the outside anyway. That's they, those giant, huge tubes that people use to bang on in ninth right. inning rallies at the it's top of a, the 400 section. It's not some big hermetically sealed dome. That would be ridiculous and kill everybody. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, Miller Park with the roof closed is essentially a big outdoor space. Just a matter of the density that people have inside, their ability to walk past each other, use the bathrooms and things like that. Those are the logistics that are important. Which have always been logistics that Miller Park has struggled with. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the Actually, Miller Park is a lot better at that than a lot of other ballparks I've been to. Mm -hmm. But regardless. Like San Francisco has no concourses. I love that no. stadium to death. I, I would love to see a ton of games there as much as possible because it's gorgeous. But the concourse situation is really crappy. Yeah, I actually really hate it because you go in and you can't see like anything. Like Miller Park, you walk in, you immediately see ball field. That's what I love about Miller Park yeah. is almost yeah, wherever you are, except yeah. for in the 400 section, you see everything. You're just in this like concrete hallway at AT&T or it's not AT&T anymore, but it will always be AT&T to me. It'll always be Pac Bell to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it does have that issue compared. And I think a lot of other stadiums do where they kind of just are like, well, if we make a tight tube that people can follow, it'll be great. By the way, never go to the Coliseum. Make them build a new stadium. Don't go there. It's gross. Uh, <laughs> I just don't think people care anymore. Like, 
right? Like we have an emergency hospital where we're supposed to have a state fair and people are still going out. People just don't care anymore. Businesses trying to make money are going to take advantage of people not caring. So all the other stuff doesn't matter anyway, because also despite it being as bad as it been and possibly as bad as it can get, no one's doing anything about it. So what does it matter? No one cares anymore. Like, I mean, people are doing things. It, I never see anybody without masks in any sort of a store situation anymore. Okay, people wear masks Depends in stores. Where you go. Wisconsin, where you go. Wisconsin is its own thing and its own yeah. weird thing. That It's yeah. become, I think, more political in Wisconsin than a lot of places. It's very oh. much like the Deep South. And it, um, I've been up north a few times over the last couple months. Um, I'm in Minnesota mostly, but I've been in northern Wisconsin. Northern Wisconsin, by the way, as we've established, is anything north of Madison. <laughs> I've, I've been in northern Wisconsin a few times, and I, I still see people routinely in stores and around other people without masks. So oh. not, not a huge, not a huge I sample size, say. not a giant sample size, but enough that it's like, really, you know, come, come on. Bad impression, also- guys. You also see it when you go out by the eye in Racine County, like people <laughs> make a trip into the gas station and they don't put on a mask. And you're like, just put on the mask. Yeah. Put it on. It's really not that bad. Oh my God. Like I wear underwear every day, you know, like it's fine. You get used to it. <laughs> yeah. It's a little restrictive, but yeah. you, you get used to it. <laughs> the mask or the underwear, Brad. <laughs> I'll let you, I'll let you decide. <laughs> uh, oh boy. All right. Well, I guess on that note, uh, we'll wrap things up. A reminder, if you have something you want us to talk about, uh, especially now in the off season, uh, you know, we're not going to have a whole lot of uh, news and notes to go through. So if you have a question you want us to talk about, whether it's uh, restrictive underwear or baseball roster situations, uh, we put out a call for questions every week on our Twitter account. That's at MKE tailgate. Just reply to that tweet with your question. You can follow each of us on Twitter as well, and send us questions there. Ryan is at RD Top. Paul is at Badger Noonan. Brad is at Brew Crew Blue. And I'm at James L. You can also, as a reminder, sign up for Patreon. Our $5 and above patrons get that question priority. It's basically a guarantee we will talk about uh, whatever you ask. Uh, I think we, we, you know, we've we've had some interesting questions, including you know history of the Transcontinental Railroad. So, you know, <laughs> you pay that five dollars, you 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 dictate what we talk about. So you also sign up at our Patreon. You, you also get question priority and reporting is eligible if you do that. So yes, that's true too. Yeah, so uh, uh, that'll be a good one too. Uh, the the reporting is eligible questions go out after the game. So. You know, once the Packers lose another rock fight with 50 mile an hour wins to the Jacksonville Jaguars today, <laughs> I'm sure you'll have a another great episode on reporting as eligible. Uh, so please do sign up for the P- Patreon uh, if you haven't already. Also, please subscribe to us, uh, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else you get your podcast podcast hit that subscribe button get the push alert whenever whenever our episodes drop and while you're there please do leave us a review uh, in the meantime thanks for listening this week we'll be back next week stay well and we'll see you next time on Milwaukee's Hill Wait, are we restarting from the top? Oh, um, I'm sorry.
Um, <laughs> I'm just going right in. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think. No, you'll. All right. Yeah, you'll just go right into the talk about the because I I Bob think Bob I Bob. caught the yeah I think I caught James's the, the introduction. James intro. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. I will I will do that in in two seconds. So. Um, every so often, for some reason that I don't quite understand, um, this company, Foco, sends me bobbleheads um, for promotional purposes. And I don't really collect bobbleheads. I, I just don't have space for it. Um, I <laughs> Did everybody hear that? For sure. Yes. <laughs> My goddamn phone. I was just going to mute it. Oh, I'm gonna start again and do that again. Um, what what the hell was that? <laughs> it was the I get the fox. That is uh, someone is in a fox fantasy league. <laughs> no, I'm not. I don't know why this started. It it went the it went uh, the other day, and Amy's like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> <laughs> this is why Paul does not do ad reads. Um, not just because not just because I get them wrong, but because other things happen. All right, let's let's try this one more time. Starting in three seconds. Okay. 